0: Welcome, and thank you for joining the Unbiased Label podcast with your host, Zara Karutz. On this podcast, we have real talk meant to inspire with thought-provoking conversation at the intersection of industry and academia focused on fashion and culture. This episode is a conversation with Kenrick Neer, who is a baby boomer that came out as a gay man at the age of 28 in 1991. Being raised Catholic in Aurora, Illinois, a Midwest manufacturing suburb outside of Chicago, the pressures to conform to a straight existence in society prevented him from living his authentic self. In this episode, Ken shares his personal journey as a gay man who moved away from his hometown in order to discover and live his true identity. His story reveals the trials of self-acceptance, heartaches of loss, and triumphs of love. Ken currently lives in Washington, D.C. with his husband Carl and double doodle dog named Ollie. Please do enjoy this personal conversation. Hi, Ken. Hi, Zara. How are you? I'm good. How are you today?
1: Doing well. Happy Pride.
0: Happy Pride. Thank you for joining. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. Speaking of pride, we are going to talk about you and your story, and I think it's really important to talk about people's stories in a way that we share our learned experience and who we are, and I think it keeps us connected to the past and where we came from, so thank you so much for being open enough to share your personal story, which in a lot of ways is even that much more special because it's about your life. So thank you for sharing your life as a gay man.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity. And I couldn't agree more that it is so important for people to share their stories. As a kid growing up, I didn't know anybody's stories. I thought I was was all alone in what I was feeling, because I was a kid of, you know, the seventies, early eighties.
0: So when did you first know that you were gay?
1: Knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) For as long as I could remember as a kid, I was fascinated with boys.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I had no interest in girls. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I hung out with a lot of girls. Mm -hmm. Funny how that doesn't change in life.
0: I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So let's talk about where you grew up.
1: I grew up in a small town, well, not that small, but city of about a couple hundred thousand, Aurora, Illinois. Okay. Some people know it with its claim to fame of Wayne's World, which was filmed in my hometown. That's right. There's not much else there, but a pretty typical Midwestern town that kind of built up around a factory yeah. manufacturing environment.
0: So Midwestern Um, values.
1: I was a a Catholic kid. Oh, yeah. I've since recovered. But, you know, I was an altar boy. I played guitar in the guitar mass. We lived right across the street from our grade school. Mm. The nuns were on another corner and the priests and the church on another corner. And even with all that threat of fire and brimstone around me, I was still gay. Well,
0: because religion, (laughs) no, but a big source of religion is condemning a homosexual lifestyle. Correct. And, And that's many religions, not just one religion.
1: Well, depending upon what sect you're in, some portray a loving God. And, you know, the other is like this angry fire and brimstone.
0: I'm a spiritual person and I believe in God. God is love. So it's the opposite of persecution or condemnation or what have you. So that, that to me, doesn't make sense. If God, the universe, well, the power is love, how could you say love is wrong? Or the, I mean, it, this doesn't add up. Yeah. I mean, fear. It's fear and control, I think, power. Yeah. That's what that is. And I
1: I never experienced that as a kid. It wasn't something like in church. We didn't hear about that. You didn't hear about what? And- homosexuals gay people it wasn't until we wanted to come out and live our life authentically that religion on the whole wanted to fight against that Yeah, it's okay if you exist we just don't want to know about it
0: well and now you walk past churches and there's rainbow flags and all are welcome but back then i mean you're right it was
1: No. You could only be openly
0: gay in, what, New York City and San Francisco, maybe.
1: Yeah. And still at that time, in the 70s, the quote-unquote gay bars, which were owned by the mafia in New York. That's true. They would call the cops and say, okay, come raid the place. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd get arrested.
0: Right. It wasn't safe.
1: No. Not at all. Um, But, you know, as a kid, I had no way to identify what I was feeling. I was in sixth grade, because I remember very well, Uh, a classmate of mine had invited me over to his house after school. And he asked if I wanted to see girly magazines from his brother. Um, And we were looking at, I don't know what it was, Playboy or whatever, of which really didn't hold much interest for
0: him. (laughs) It wouldn't, would it? (laughs)
1: No, but I was much more interested in my friend. It was in 1977, 78 time frame that things really changed for me.
0: And how so?
1: It was during that time over uh, the Christmas break. So I would called Randy to see if he wanted to hang out. And his mother said he was at the store. And I thought, well, maybe I'll run over to the store and meet up with him there. Then I thought, eh, no, I'll just wait to hear from him. So like a half hour, 45 minutes went by. I didn't hear anything. So I called again. And his mother said, there's been an accident. We're on our way to the hospital.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And that's all I knew. Ugh. And so from there, I went over to my friend Suzanne's house and I s- said, I don't know what's happened. There's been an accident. They're on their way to the hospital with Randy. And of course, we called the hospital, couldn't get any information. Spoke with his parents. He had been hit by a car. He was in a coma on life support. Oh my gosh. So my dad, My dad took me to the hospital and we were sitting in the waiting room of the ICU. Yeah, just listening to the beeps. Mm -mm -mm. It's really all you hear in that ward. Mm -hmm. And then I was waiting and Randy's mother came walking down the hall. And there are, are tears streaming
0: down her face. Oh my gosh!
1: And they had taken him off of life support.
0: Mm mm mm.
1: And that's when things really changed for me.
0: Mm. How old were you?
1: I was fourteen years old.
0: Oh my gosh. Hmm.
1: I don't know what Randy's feelings were. You know, if he was like. The rest of my friends that everything was experimental but for me it was much deeper
0: well it sounds like he was your first love
1: yeah yeah that's what i figured out and it had such a great impact on the rest of my life
0: how so without
1: me without me knowing it
0: oh right subconsciously
1: yeah i know because as i would go on and get into relationships mm-hmm. which would inevitably fail mm-hmm. most of the time because I would try to destroy them myself because I didn't want to be left.
0: You didn't want to be left, oh, abandoned. Yeah. Yeah, because Randy passed away tragically.
1: Yeah. It was the same pattern over and over. Yeah. You know, I did it, you know, through high school, I tried to live the straight life. I had girlfriends.
0: What makes you want to portray a straight man, and, and what is that experience like?
1: I started high school in 1978. At that point, the only TV show that I can recall was soap that had a gay character.
0: And what was this character? Billy Crystal.
1: Billy Crystal. Oh, I love him. <laughs> but that was the only character, and he flipped.
0: What do you mean he flipped?
1: Married a woman.
0: Oh, he did in the show. In the show. Huh. So, right. So but, there's no norms of society saying, oh, go live your life out loud and be who you are and go no, for it. And
1: then, no. And in, in Aurora, Illinois, which was, you know, so far removed from the gay rights movement. I don't even think we had national TV at that point. Well, we got the Chicago stations, but beyond that. Right. Yeah.
0: So it was Um, pressure.
1: Yeah. So it was pressure to be somebody I wasn't. Right. And it never, ever felt natural to me. And people always like to say, why do you need to come out? And they want to equate everything to sexual acts. Mm. You know, I don't want to hear about your sex life. I don't want to hear about yours either. I know. I want to talk about, you (laughs) know. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: you know love and sex are not interchangeable no
0: they're not come on
1: um but like you say love is love
0: yeah that's um, it.
1: and the fact that i am drawn to men that's my business but I should also be free to talk about my relationship. Like when you're in the office and the water cooler talk, right. I shouldn't feel awkward talking about this weekend. We went to the movies. We went out to dinner, whatever. Right. Yeah. I can remember in the past mm-hmm. talking about things like that and people looking at me strange like I had the audacity yeah. to openly speak about my Relationship,
0: yeah. I remember this was 1996. One of my friends, my childhood friends, he said, I have to meet you. I'm like, Okay, um, I'll meet you. What's going on? Like, there was a, something wrong, I'm like, Oh no. And we're sitting in my car at a gas station, and he looked at me and I'm like, What is wrong? Like, is someone dying? It was like this tra- tragedy. He's like, No, I have to tell you something. I'm like, What? He's like, Well. I'm gay. That's the big surprise. Of course you are. I know you are. Everyone does. I haven't had to open that door. I've done it in other ways, interracial relationships. There's a lot of things in life that are outside of society's norms that I can relate to. I think that takes a lot of courage.
1: Well, it it is, it, it is tough. And, you know, I hate saying these words. Kids these days.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I
1: can really date myself, but have no idea how much better it has gotten. In which way? Just the exposure. You have the internet, which is like this endless resource. Right. It can also be very toxic. Right. But just the information available
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, with a few keystrokes versus... Back in the day where where do I go for anything any resources you go to
0: your friends <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: about what I'm feeling uh, Well
0: and today it's so normalized. I, I mean I feel like I kind of got in trouble at one time because I said, you know there's struggles we have a long way to go, injustice, inequality. clearly we're not there yet. but I made the comment that we've come such a long way. And it was not taken very well. It's like, what are you talking about? We still have, it's horrible. And I'm thinking to myself, but compared to where we came from, pre-2015 in America, where you could not get married to the same sex. Yeah. I mean, the, we talk about basic human rights. So in my lifetime, I feel like we've come a very long way from society accepting not just... Uh, sexuality, but gender fluidity.
1: Well, it, it, it certainly has changed dramatically in my lifetime. To in my own bubble, from where it was to where it is now, is has been tremendous. And yes, there is still a tremendous amount of work to be done as a country. Gay people are still subject to being fired from their jobs because there is no protection in many, many states in housing lack of protection for the same reasons and until we have that equality that equity right that the constitution
0: yeah
1: protects all of us equally right then our work is not done that's true you know? and uh, but when it comes to all the gender fluidity it's confusing
0: for you as a gay man it's confusing
1: Yes, it's very confusing.
0: Why do you say um,
1: that? Some of it I understand. Some of it's easier to understand than others. I know what my own struggle and my journey was like.
0: Yeah. But I think yes. hearing you say that is really refreshing because I think in general, a lot of people are confused. And so they feel, yeah. they don't feel like they should be confused or they feel bad about no. it. So to openly say I'm confused or it's confusing and you as a gay man, you're, you're saying it's confused. It's okay to say that and then work through it and try to understand it or, yeah, you know, whatever.
1: Well, and saying that leaves the door open for yourself to be educated. That's right. For people being willing to share, it, here's what it means. That's right. I think there's... oh a percentage of the population that is willfully ignorant, anything that is out of their normal construct mm-hmm. and everything in our world is a construct That's developed so true. by human beings. Amen. Um, and that if it doesn't fit into the construct, I know then it's wrong or it's evil. It's against God mm-hmm. it's, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: Yeah, I used to say that about airplanes. I don't understand how they fly. Therefore, I'm deathly afraid of them.
1: Well, and that's understandable because you've got like this 80 ton thing that (laughs) somehow is able to get off the ground.
0: (laughs) Okay. So maybe I'm completely off base on this, but I know from my own experience, going to the gay club was like a big deal to be around lots of gay people.
1: Oh, my God. My my first experience going into a gay club, which was actually in my hometown.
0: Oh, they had one. And there
1: was this club that once a week had a gay night.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: I went in there. I was, I think, 17 years old. I walked in the door, and I immediately saw somebody that I worked with. (gasps) And I... Beelined to the bathroom. And there I stayed in that bathroom for like 20 minutes and then poked my head out the door. I didn't see her. And I just beelined for the exit. I have no idea what that place was like. You freaked out. Yeah, big time. Why? Um, What was
0: the freak out? The the exposure uh, of...
1: Yes, I wasn't even thinking that I'd like run into anybody I know. I wasn't ready to confront anyone. I was nervous as could be just going into a gay bar. Right. It was going to be Sodom and Gomorrah in there. Right. And I wasn't sure what I was in for. And I remember going into work and this girl said, I saw you the other night. She so did what say you that. <gasps> yeah. I said, what are you talking about? And she just dropped it. What? She did not, you know, pry. She didn't. She could obviously tell that I was very uncomfortable. She was somebody that was like ten years older than I was. Yeah. So she was cool. I didn't know what a lesbian was. So. Oh um, right, she was a lesbian. That's why. Yeah, that's (laughs) why she was there.
0: (laughs) When I think gay bars, I just think of
1: men. Well, for the most part, in my experience, most gay bars the majority of people there yeah are men and not that other than maybe some themed like leather type bars which are generally all men they're most gay bars are are mixed and open to everyone that's true it's just population wise tends to be more men yeah i've i found in my experience uh, women tend to roost what's that mean like at home uh, gatherings, yeah. you know,
0: backyard parties,
1: I, yeah, yeah, and the guys are, you yeah, know, out to dance,
0: yeah. So you had not come out yet at this point,
1: no, gosh, no, it was a, a long time before I came out, really, at least my, at least my family and friends, yeah, because when I was, I guess it was, I was about twenty years old when I finally uh, moved out of my hometown. And I moved to Orlando, Florida. Uh I worked for a restaurant that we had a place in my hometown. They had another one in Orlando. Mm
0: -hmm. That was your ticket out.
1: That was my ticket out. And they moved me down there. I packed up my yellow Datsun B210. Fabulous. Yellow on the outside, black interior. Mm. I was like a bumblebee. Totally. Buzzing
0: your way down to Orlando. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Everything that I could fit into that car is what I took with me. I moved into a house with my boss and his wife and rented a room from them and eventually moved out of there. But once I moved uh, down there, I was free to be me.
0: Mm, That must have been so liberating.
1: It was. I didn't have to hide. At that point, I was at the point where... (laughs) I could admit I was gay
0: oh, to yourself,
1: to myself, okay, and to most people, but I didn't want it to be the first thing people knew,
0: right? Because it's you're more than your sexuality, yeah, you,
1: know, you know. But there's these preconceived stereotypes of what a gay person is and what they represent and how they act and behave.
0: Mm, or, you know, okay, you know,
1: just hedonistic. Mm -hmm.
0: um well it's portrayed like that a lot
1: yeah hedonistics you know Mm -hmm. sex-driven animals Mm -hmm.
0: look at halston Um, the the netflix movie i mean there's many scenes that just keep that sort of notion going
1: yet i did still date women really at that point i was still you're but in between but the women that i dated also were aware that i guess from their point of view, I was bisexual at that
0: point. Okay, so okay, well, th- that's that's fair. Yeah, I dated a gay guy once that didn't tell me he hadn't come out. Though, in all fairness, we bonded over <laughs> fashion, <laughs> and he was fabulous. I loved him, and something was not right. I was like, we've been dating for several months, and I'd like you almost don't want to touch me. Hmm.
1: Were you, were you the only one dating?
0: <laughs> no we were dating together
1: while he was in your shoe closet
0: oh one of my friends said you know why that is girl and i'm like no because he's gay honey i'm like he's gay when my friend said yes i said well he's, next not, just
1: time- being, he's not just being respectful
0: right so i said well next time you see him at the gay club call me i'm coming on down i need to see this for myself and sure enough i got the call one night i mean this was this was ages ago this was 90s and i just rolled on right down sat at the bar and he walks in with his boyfriend and he just dropped his face he was like oh my gosh and now i look back i'm like how scary for him he came from this really conservative family we'd go to church there was all these norms and i just told him i said i just want you to know that i know but you could have told me it's okay I support you and I want you to be happy. And that's it. Well, the boyfriend, on the other hand, gave me such a side eye, like, don't look at my man. And I could have done a little arm wrestling with the boyfriend because he was like, don't look at me, you know. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of nuance when it comes to changing and becoming. So you were in transition.
1: Yes, for quite a while. But I was also in overdrive. And I can remember going to my first gay bar in Orlando. Again, terrified. Really? Because at this point. Well, again, at this point, I have not been in a gay bar. Wow. Ever. Wow. Well, other than my twenty minutes in the restroom at the one that in That doesn't hometown. count. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. That's a That was not
1: a not a great party in that toilet. Mm-mm. There. Um and just shaking.
0: Well, you're overcoming all these objections. Yes. Yeah in from society.
1: Yeah. And I knew nothing about what a healthy relationship was.
0: Mm, That's powerful. Why Mm. is that?
1: Because I learned from a very young age, just how to use my body for physical satisfaction. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, those weren't like healthy relationships, right? It was fun, you know, fulfilling for, you know, a minute. But it was all just physical. I didn't know anything about the emotion of a relationship. Right. And how to communicate with somebody.
0: So how'd you learn that?
1: It took a long time. I spent years and years self-destructing every relationship I was in. I'd cheat. I'd be mean. I'd be selfish. Or if things just got too close, when they felt really good. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I'd say, okay, I can't do this.
0: I don't know anything about this, Ken.
1: I mean, I I had a boyfriend who, had I not dumped him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably would have been with him today.
0: Wow.
1: If if I knew how to be in a healthy relationship. And
0: That's powerful.
1: We were on a vacation and I broke up with him. <laughs>
0: I've done that
1: in the middle of a vacation
0: I'm the worst
1: we're in western Canada Uh,
0: (laughs) what was that trigger
1: I think subconsciously it goes back to Randy
0: oh okay
1: it goes back to I can't suffer a loss yep so I am going to cut it off before I can feel that pain again, I couldn't identify that and tell you that. It wasn't until I was in therapy many years later, which everybody needs therapy. I agree. Um, to undo the damage of yep. everything we learn for coping throughout life, especially the, the coping mechanisms you learn as a kid don't work for you as an adult.
0: No, they don't. So, how did you? push through that because i think a lot of people can relate to that you know when you're you've been hurt Mm -hmm. and you've had suffered severe loss trauma getting close and the idea of going through that again is almost overwhelming and unbearable so you build up this defense where you just reject something if it starts to feel too good look too good you're like this is gonna end in disaster i better nix it cut it burn (laughs) it yeah that's the self-sabotage you're talking about
1: yeah and it would be every person that Mm -hmm. i met and then i got to a point i was very reckless a lot of casual sex i was kind of like fulfilling the 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 prophecy of everybody's perception of not everybody's Mm -hmm. the stereotype the, the the far right's perception of homosexual and then you know i was diagnosed with hiv which just became more i didn't want to be involved with anybody at that point
0: Mm, well this hit the gay community very hard especially in the 80s
1: Mm -hmm. well it was certainly the mid to late 80s were a horrible time people just started disappearing horrible i was a party boy so i was out all the time.
0: Yeah, so you knew a lot of people,
1: or at l- you at least knew faces. Right. There are a lot of a lot of familiar faces, and over time, it's like I haven't seen that one or that one, and then it became a point of you were constantly going to funerals.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Tragedy.
1: It was awful, and there weren't treatment.
0: So, when you were diagnosed yeah. with HIV, there wasn't treatment.
1: There was AZT was. remember the first thing they came up with.
0: We've come a long way.
1: Yeah. And I just ignored it. More people seem to be getting sicker from AZT. So I just ignored it and figured I was going to die.
0: Oh my gosh. How do you live with that day in and day out? Well,
1: coping mechanisms. Push it down, push it. Mm. Push it out of your mind and live recklessly.
0: Yeah. Because you're like, what the Who cares?
1: Drink do drugs, you know, party, party, party. Yeah. All the while, still functioning and working, Yeah. but very reckless. And then like 10 years later, it's like, okay, I'm still here. <laughs> but I had come down with a case of shingles, which stress and compromised immune systems. Yeah.
0: Oh, right, you know, right, right, right.
1: Are indicators of contracting shingles.
0: I've never had shingles, um, but I I know people that have, and they say it's, super painful
1: oh it was horrible yeah that was horrible and even still i waited another year after that to go see an infectious disease doctor.
0: wow so what was the trigger where you're like you know what i i'm gonna just address this head on at that
1: point my t-cells were down to about 240. wow and i started on a treatment and 90 days later i was undetectable Mm. and my t-cells had gone up tremendously
0: amazing medicine is amazing hiv really went from everyone was scared because no one knew how you got it remember in the 80s i mean it was like if you someone coughs and they have hiv and you're there you can get it i mean it was like hysteria almost.
1: oh Oh, it was hysteria
0: And, and rightly so because so many people were dying it was an unknown they called it cancer at first it was like
1: right it was the gay cancer
0: gay cancer can you imagine a gay cancer really that's that but that's really what that was true that's what i mean society called it that
1: they did do you have a generation now that has not seen the devastation of what hiv aids brought Right.
0: Mass death.
1: And I know that there is a lot of bad and unsafe behavior out there now because there's a mentality of I can just take a pill.
0: Oh, right. Right. Well, right. Wow. I didn't Uh, think of that.
1: And, you know, up until a few years ago when I was trying to date and, you know, dating in the modern world.
0: Mm, It's such a joy. As a straight woman, I hate dating. So I, I, am not a fan. Some people love it, but how is it for you and your experience?
1: Dating is horrible. And certainly as you get older, it seems to be more difficult. And, and I guess it depends upon what you're looking for, but I was on Tinder for two years. Mm
0: -hmm. And in
1: that two years time, Mm -hmm. I met up with one person (laughs) in, in person. I chatted with all kinds of people, all (laughs) kinds of flakes with lots of lists of do's and don'ts and Mm. have and have not. And yeah, but the great thing is that one date turned into many more and turned into my wedding. Well,
0: it just takes one, Ken.
1: My husband. Yes, it just takes one. Look at that. Um, You got a good
0: one.
1: And we were married just a little over a year ago.
0: Are you still on the honeymoon? Is that technically uh-huh. like, is it the first two years as honeymoon?
1: Well, I don't know who says that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honeymoon, you're a honeymooner. But
1: May, but May 15th, we had our one-year anniversary.
0: Congratulations. That testament is just good endings are possible.
1: Yeah, but I can remember we were walking down the street it was springtime.
0: Hmm.
1: And I grabbed Carl's hand.
0: That's your husband.
1: My husband. <laughs> and we were walking down the street holding hands. I had never done it.
0: In your whole life?
1: In my whole life. Wow. I had never, with a girl, I had done it. Yeah.
0: Wow. 30 years
1: ago, 40 years ago. But never as a gay adult male in a relationship had I ever held my partner's hand walking down the street.
0: What did that feel like?
1: Liberating. Mm. And, and I told him, I said, I've never done this.
0: Why hadn't you? Fear. Yeah.
1: Acceptance. Right. Lack of acceptance.
0: Wow. Um, and that's such a basic, basic privilege of being with a partner. Is just holding their hand.
1: Yeah. And at that point, I I, I knew I never wanted to let that hand go.
0: Oh. Oh, I want a love story like that, Ken. You can have it. That is so sweet. That is such a inspirational... Never give up on love. Never, never, never. Yeah.
1: But it's all got to start... With loving yourself.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Well, and my my message for all the parents in the world. There's lots of gay, them. Gay or straight, whatever, is kids are sponges. That's
0: right.
1: We know that.
0: They're smart. And, they,
1: and kids pay attention to everything. Everything. Everything that is said, everything that is done, every action. Mm-hmm. So what you do is so important Mm. what you say is so important Mm. as to what is going on in the world and teach your kids to wonder teach your kids to ask questions Mm. and teach your kids not to judge
0: Mm. yeah
1: the world would be a much better place if we go at it with our eyes wide open yeah and our hearts and our mind wide open
0: that's true and have conversations Get to know yeah. people.
1: If you don't understand, ask questions. Yeah. Or find the answers to your questions. That's right. Assume positive intent. If people are asking questions, right, they're lo- looking for answers. And it's got to start there.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for this fantastic conversation. You have opened up immensely. You've shared personal stories. You've shed light on so many historical perspectives of what it's like to be a gay man coming out and it's ironic because not ironic it's the wrong choice it's it's true that coming out at 28 seems so old but that was so normal many people never came out now (laughs) everyone's out at eight
1: yeah but but there are still people and there are places in this country that People are not free to do that yeah, and not comfortable to do that. And these people can't live authentically.
0: Well, I'm glad you can live authentically. And I'm glad that we are free to be ourselves.
1: Me too. I can't imagine going back.
0: I love you, honey. Thank you so much. Love you too. Thank you for listening to the Unbiased Label Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, then please connect with us on social media, tell a friend, and leave a review. Please tune in next time for more conversation on fashion and culture from a critical global perspective at the intersection of industry and academia. Until next time, stay well.